Episode 2 is dedicated to Vin. Vin is my Bay Area chosen family who always shows up for his community, whether it's monetary or physically. Vin gives so much support and love to his community. I feel so honored to be a part of that community. I am so grateful for your support with this project. Thank you so much for your donation and your contribution to getting this project started. Welcome to Out, a podcast where people share their coming out stories. Today we have Mike. Um, is that is it Mike? M- yeah, Michael? I go by Mike. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> um, I like to ask people five questions, um, the same five questions. One, your name, your age, your occupation, how long you've been out, and describe your perfect day. Um, so yeah, my name is Mike. I am 32. Three, if we could censor part of that out, that'd be great. <laughs> it'll be th- and then I'll leave the rest out. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm a hearing specialist, so I do hearing tests. I program hearing aids, do things like that for work, which is really great. I've been out for, jeez, I think maybe six, seven years now. And uh, for me, a perfect day, nice sunny day outside with loved ones, my partner, my friends, my family, probably a lot of day drinking going on, (laughs) just lots of laughs and love. Nice. That sounds like a great day. Okay, cool. So now to the the fun part, Um, your coming out story. So yeah, go ahead and share it with us. Um, So for myself, I think it just all starts as a youth, like second grade, third grade, realizing that. I was different. Not that it was a bad thing, um, but I didn't have a word for it. All I could really express is otherness. Like I was definitely not this category or that category, and I didn't know what I was, but I knew there was something different. Um, Once I got into junior high, I definitely started to recognize like, okay, I've got, I I like the way that these guys look, and (laughs) I'm definitely starting to notice something. But for me, one thing that makes my coming out story a little different is that growing up, um, I had a very Mexican-American upbringing. My mom was white, my dad was Mexican, and we were always around the Mexican side of the family a lot more just because they were local. Um, And with that was a very Christian Catholic upbringing as well. We didn't grow up in the church, but once I got to junior high around the same time, eighth grade, when I started noticing that I was noticing guys, um, I started going to church also and like really enjoying it and starting to find identity in that. So as I was starting to develop a sexual identity, I was also developing a very religious identity. And it was a um, very conservative religious identity. So the two really contrasted with each other and definitely conflicted. Um, That led to me going through high school and trying to ignore my sexual identity as much as I could, which wasn't very well. Um, But it led to me digging it deeper and deeper and trying to hide it, I think, Um, and trying to ignore it and repress it as much as I could, which I really couldn't do. As hard as I tried, I just couldn't. Um, I ended up going to Bible college afterwards and continued to do the same thing and wondered if something would change if if I was just more devoted and if I prayed harder and if I did more work and if I read my Bible more and if I tried to look at a girl, (laughs) if something would change, if I just tried to do everything right to the best of my ability, if if it would just go away, if maybe everybody goes through this, I don't know. Um, And it didn't, but I continued to repress it and did a pretty good job at it, I think. I mean, 
I think everybody probably knew I was gay, but um, after Bible college, I took it a step further and I moved to like a very conservative part of the country, Montana. And um, I went to Montana to do ministry work. So I got really involved with church work. um, And in Montana, you do a little bit of everything. So I was like a worship leader and I was a youth group leader and did Bible studies and all kinds of things and loved every part of it. Um, So don't get me wrong. I, I am glad that I had that part of my life because it did develop into a part of me that I do like and a way of thinking that I appreciate. Um, but it also led to me repressing more and more and more um, and not developing the identity that of, of who I am, I would say. Um, so I did ministry work in Montana for about five, six years, and I ended up deciding to move back to the Bay Area, um, to San Jose, where I was born and raised. Um, my family just needed help, so I decided to come back out and do what I could Um, moving back to California was one of the hardest things that I ever could have done. All of my friends had moved on and developed lives and I had to start over from scratch and leave everything that I had developed behind. So it was really depressing for me and it took a a lot of work and, and I just had a hard time making friends. And finally I just got so fed up and I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll find some people in this gay world. And so this was before like iPhones and all of this. I had an iPod touch and it was like the coolest thing in the world. And, and so like apps were a very new thing. Right. And so of course I searched for a gay app and Grindr came up. And so that was my very first time actually talking to a gay person really. Um, so I ended up exploring the gay scene, very closeted and, um, did that for, for years, I would say. I would go to work, I I made straight friends at work and started to develop a life. And anytime anyone would ask me about, oh, hey, am I seeing anyone or did I do anything? The answer would be like, yeah. And I would just interchange guy with girl. And I, I ended up getting in a few relationships with a couple guys and they knew that I was closeted and were very respectful about it. Um, but it became gradually harder and harder to start to separate my two lives. Um, I remember at one point in time, it really stood out to me when a good friend, we were all going out. I was with my partner at the time and his roommate and some of our friends. And my friend wanted to post a, like an Instagram picture, a Facebook picture. And he turned to me and he was like, we were just at a restaurant, you know, we were just having like Thai food. And he was like, Hey, is it okay if I tag you in this? And I was like, well, yeah, why, why would you ask me that? And he was like, well, I know you're not out and I don't want to out you to like your family or your friends. And it made me really sad that somebody that I love and care about would have to filter their life for me. Um, so I started dealing with those emotions a little bit more as I got into like my 20s. I ended up with dating another guy and it was a nice relationship and it was good and I was pretty happy and I was happy with my closeted life. He was out um, and one day I feel like shit kind of hit the fan and my dad found out about us and it was another one of the worst experiences of my life. My dad did not take it very well. He was and is probably very machismo and had a very set idea of what is to be expected from a man. I think um, I remember as a child when Ellen came out and my dad used to always watch the Ellen show until that episode when it was, this is not allowed in our house and we are not watching this anymore. And I remember as a kid, I was seven, maybe I cried because I didn't understand why my 
dad thought that somebody was different just because of that. And I didn't understand everything that was going on, but I just felt that it was wrong. So it happened to me. My dad decided that I was not meeting a standard. Um, we got in a huge argument and my dad made it very clear that this person that he discovered was my partner was never allowed in the house. Immediately after that, I said, okay, well, I can't live like this anymore. And I decided I'm going to move out. And so I, I did. And I, it was just very abrupt. I went up to my mom. She wasn't aware of what happened. I just said, hey, sorry, but I can't live my life like this anymore. I need to be who I am. I'm, I'm moving. And so I moved out. Me and my dad didn't talk to each other for a year. Uh, not hello, not hi. I would come over to see my mom, my sister, and my dad wouldn't even make eye contact with me. And I wouldn't make eye contact with him either. I was very angry. I was very hurt. I was very upset. I didn't hate him. I think that I always understood where he was coming from. He was raised one way, and it's very hard to see the world in a way that you don't know how to see it. It's hard to take off your, your glasses. But it was, it was hard. It was a hard year. I ended up taking a trip to New York with some really close friends from work. Still closeted, still still telling everyone that like, hey, I'm, I'm seeing a girl or like I'm going out with a girl and this and that and I'm single at this time. And so of course I go to New York and what do I do? Like I hop on my grinder app and me and my friends are like walking around town. I'm like, hey guys, I gotta go. And they're like, oh, we gotta see this girl that Mike's going after and this and that. And I was like, no, you don't. And I'm like running away from them so they can't track me down. Um, and... I ended up, I, we went home, we came back to the Bay Area. It was a great trip. It was lots of fun. But I remember coming home and I was just jet lagged and I was finally back by myself at my place. I crashed. I woke up and for the first time in two weeks, completely by myself and just disoriented and I freaked out. I started hyperventilating and I, I don't know why. I was just like, I didn't know where I was. And I was just like, I'm alone. I'm alone. I'm all by myself. I'm going to die alone. And I freaked out. And it was at that moment in time where I realized this isn't how I want to live my life anymore. I don't want to lie about who I am. I don't want to hide who I am. I want to be able to have a partner and let the world know it and not be ashamed of it. And I decided I'm coming out. I want the people that are closest to me to know the other people that are closest to me. And I don't want to live two separate lives anymore. I knew that I wanted to come out to some people before I came out to the world in general. Um, I think I just knew that I had a lot of close friends that were going to be really upset <laughs> that I hadn't told them before telling everybody. So I did this thing. I did like 30 days on Instagram of things that I'm thankful for. And each day was like, oh, hey, I'm thankful for my health or I'm thankful for this opportunity or that. But I would choose a day to come out to a friend and say, I'm thankful for that friend. And that was the day that I came out to that person before coming out to everybody in general. So I came out to like five or six people that way. And then on the 30th day, it was, I'm thankful to be who I am and I'm a gay man and I'm proud of it and I'm okay with that hitting the post button was like the scariest thing in the world, I think, because I could not take it back. And I, I didn't know how the world would react. I came to work the next day and everybody that I worked with ran up to me and gave me a hug and said, I am so proud of you. You are the bravest person I know. And this is amazing. 
it was it was beautiful and it was the warmest reception i could have ever imagined i never thought it would be so good um yeah there were there were some people that decided to distance themselves from me but you know what it didn't even matter it didn't affect me one way or the other and the one thing that i do regret is that i was too scared to come out to my mom and my sister my sister found out with the general post and i just got this text from her brother and i was like yeah and she's like are you gay <laughs> and i was like yeah and she was like okay <laughs> and i was like wait that's it <laughs> um during that 30-day period i tried to go to my parents house quite a few times and i would go and sit down at the table with my mom my dad in the living room he wouldn't look at me still we were going through that um but sitting down at the table with my mom and I would be about to tell her, and I get so scared. I go, um, I gotta go. <laughs> and, and so this happened like consistently for like three weeks. So I came out, and um, I think an, another family member had seen the post and happened to have commented it to to my parents. And so after I had posted, go over. I'm gonna tell them now. It's time. Like I can't hide it. Eventually, gonna find out. Freak out again. I gotta go. <laughs> I get to the door. And my mom goes, hey, Mike. And I turn around, I'm like, yeah. And she was like, just so you know, we know. And my heart dropped into my stomach. And I was like, oh. And she was like, it's okay. We love you. Nothing has changed. And you're my son. And now hearing that and saying that, like it's the warmest feeling in the world and seeing that that's been my mom's truth, um, but at that point in time, it still freaked me out. And I was like, okay, thanks. And I just ran out the door. <laughs> um, but it, it ended up being the truth. And, and eventually my dad did come along. Um, years later, I'm, I'm in a very great relationship and I have a very great partner. And this last Christmas, uh, we went over to my parents' house for Christmas. And it was me, my sister, brother-in-law, mom, dad. Uh, my sister's father-in-law, and we all sat at the table and played games together. And for the first time in my life, we all laughed together and shared stories with each other. And you, you asked, like, what's the most perfect day? And honestly, I think that in my life, that was probably the most perfect day that I've ever had. Um, just seeing everybody that matters to me happy, laughing, drinking together, enjoying each other's company. Yeah, that's that's pretty much my coming out story. <laughs> that's great. Thank you so much for sharing it. That's a very sweet story. And yeah, I'm really glad that it's all come come in full circle. But I do have a, a, a few questions. Um, so you like really sunk yourself into religion and what you know, you're doing the youth pastor stuff. Or do you find yourself still religious now? I so I'm not active in ministry or in church right now. Um, I would like to be. It's a daunting goal that I feel like I still have to cross because it's still a part of me and it's a part of me that I want. Um, and there's a fine balance of what I'm looking for with it. Yeah. I think like religion has like, it has its good sides and its bad sides. I think the positives are, um, the idea of like lessons that you can learn and kind of like good behavior, you know, like loving people and caring about people and, you know, taking care of others who need it, you know, and if you have it, then you should be able to give it, you know, so I think there are good lessons in that. The, the other coin to it is, you know, gay people are not like, you know, 
we are not seen uh, in a in a good light, and in, in, in so it is very. I can see how that there's a conflict. So that's I was curious to know. Like, is this something you're pursuing? Like, uh, do you do this on your own? Is it like you know you still look at the Bible for answers or anything like that? You right. Know, just curious right. about that. So for sure, like we're obviously very stigmatized, at least in the extremely like conservative part of the culture, which is wrong. It's extremely wrong, and it's it's left a lot of us hurt. It left me hurt for a very long time. For myself, when I decided to come out, I, I, it took me a year to decide to actually get to come out, you know, from the point where I was like, I know I need to do this and this is what I want to the point of, okay, it's time. And one of the biggest struggles was I would go to sleep every night thinking to myself, am I going to go to hell? Is this, if I die tonight, am I going to hell for who I am after I acknowledge to myself who I am? And I literally, honestly struggled with it for a year, that thought, every time I would go to bed. And I finally got myself to a point where I could acknowledge and tell myself the truth of what I knew for myself, that God loves me. He's always known who I am. And he has always loved me and he will always love me. And that's that. I knew that if anyone was going to change their sexual orientation, if that was what God wanted for me, then it would have happened for me. Because like I said, I did everything I possibly could have. I prayed and asked God to change it for me, and it didn't happen, despite everything that I tried to do. Um, this wasn't something that I went to, but I even tried like gay, conver- gay conversion therapy, and nothing worked. If it was what God wanted for me, then it would have happened. So... For me, I hate seeing people in the queer community that have been shown hate by another community that I was a part of, by the church community. Because to me, that's not what God is about, and that's not what religion should be about. And what I want to be able to do is to be able to try to help bridge that gap and say that I'm sorry to those people that I love that other people have shown you hate because... That's not, that's not what this higher power wants for you. Yeah, I, you know, I think I agree. Like, sometimes I feel like we take the Bible as like a rule book when it's more like a a lesson guide, you know, Um, and I think that, you know, if we, you know, really looked at it and dug into it, it's it's really about compassion, empathy, and love, you know. Right. Um, it's really the core of it, and it's too bad we've lost a lot of that. Totally, like, missed the message. Completely. Way to the other side, right? Yeah, we, yeah. Got, we went to the fire and brimstone right. before we went to the <laughs> compassion and love. Um, but, you know, that's, that's United, that's Christianity, uh, extreme Christianity, uh, you know, and kind of where it's, it's, lost its course but you know you like you said there's always a way to bring things back and i think that would be another interesting way for you know queers to get get together i think like i think there is like now it's like the community's progressed we can get outside of the parties and outside of the the clubs and do other things together like you know fitness like how i met you know most of my friends in the bay was through a queer gym you know um i think religion would be also another way for us to get together and do you know events and talk about things um like love and compassion and empathy and support each other in our community so that's great i think that's a great goal you have for yourself and for the community i think that'd be awesome um and then my other question was um yeah when you were in when you were actually I had two more questions, this one and then one more. Um, when you were 
going through all this stuff and, and doing this conversion stuff, did you ever get, um, did anybody ever like ask you or try to be like, are you gay or did they ever hit you up like that? Or did you always kind of just fly under the radar for everybody? Um, you know, I think, I remember, I think like in high school, junior high, I would see people ask me that. Um, afterwards, once I got into like college years, um, and like adulthood, my twenties, I don't really remember anybody asking me that. And I don't know if that's, I, I think part of it was probably because I was so active in a church scene that people were willing to overlook my very queer personality traits. And I, I think that another part of it was that I was very fortunate that I ran into some amazing circles of people that it, they didn't care what my sexual identity was. They just cared that I was a person that they want to be around with. And I think I was very fortunate with that. That's great. And then, this is just a question, you don't have to answer it or whatever. I was just really curious. Like when you, because like you said, like your first experience with like the gay community was you're going on Grindr. Like were you asking like, hey, like like friend questions or was it like crazy grinder stuff, you know? like It, it was totally your typical grinder stuff <laughs> okay. that would happen. I, I, I mean, I'm very curious if it was like, hey, you know, like tell me what it's like to be queer. Was it like, yeah. like, was it like a conversation or are we automatically with grinder-ish Right, behavior? yeah, no, it was, it was definitely not an abnormal grinder experience. <laughs> it was whether like it just like drew me in really fast or like, yeah. I, I mean, for the first 20 plus years of my life, I had a repressed sexual identity too. So I think I was like very excited to go out, you know, and explore that. Yeah. And finally see that, Oh, there is this outlet. Um, so, so yeah, I definitely got your typical grander experience. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if you're like pin palling with somebody, (laughs) you know, and then, uh, like you mentioned conversion therapy was that, I'm just so interested. I, I watched a, a movie. It's like a satire about it. Um, but I'm a cheerleader. Have you seen that? No. Oh my I'll God. Are you guys out. serious? You have to see it. It's about conversion therapy. Okay. Um, so just what, what was that experience? Like, was it, I mean, the, like in this experience, they kind of just like the satire is that they put you in gender roles. Um, I'm just always curious to be like, what is that? What is something like that? I believe, I was involved in something like that, but I'm not 100% sure because it was between like a, with me and my mother, it was my mother and like a pastor and his wife. And it was like a praying over type situation. Um, but I'm not sure if that's what this thing was or not. So I'm just kind of curious if you want to share. Yeah. Um, so luckily, I think we're in a time where a lot of people are coming out with these stories now, right? And we know that conversion therapy is so just bad for your mental health and identity. I got involved with this organization called Exodus International um, or Exodus, and they were like the forefront, um, at least when I was in ministry. They were like the big anti-gay conversion therapy movement. Um, So I did it when I moved back to the Bay Area, actually, um, after I had experienced, you know, the gay community for a little bit. And I thought, okay, let me try one more time to see if I can make myself right or what I thought was right and what I was told was right. And, um, so for me, yeah, it was this very much like, this is how a man is supposed to act. And this is how a man is supposed to think. And you have these tendencies, which drive you to think and act this way. And here's how we drive it home the other way. Um, and so there, there was like, you know, gay, the prayer away and things like that going on. I know there's more extreme circumstances where they're like, oh no, this 
gay feeling that you have is actually a demon and we need to like do an exorcist kind of thing, uh, which I wasn't involved with that. Luckily it was, it was a nice group of people. I think that everybody was probably very like well-intentioned, but for me, the overwhelming influence and that I got out of it and what made me finally leave was just that we would go to these meetings weekly and these gay guys were just so sad. You could see it on their faces, you know, because nobody was attaining what they were supposed to attain and they did everything that they could to hold it back. I just saw that despite all this hard work that we were all doing, it wasn't working. You know, like every week we'd have to come and confess that we made this mistake or that mistake. And I just realized like, this isn't working for anybody. You know, like I said, like we all wanted to change and if it was supposed to happen, it would have happened. But instead, everybody's just repressed. Everybody hates themselves. And nobody here has changed. Yeah, that's interesting. So I think I was more part of the, probably the exorcist one, you know? (laughs) And I didn't even know. My God, I was like, this is a revelation to me, honestly. Like, yeah, when I was in, you know, before I was coming out, I was always, I dressed like tomboyish, you know, my mom was, oh my God, always trying to get me in lace or wear, wear a dress, wear this, wear that. And I just wouldn't do it. And, um, maybe it was like, I think I might've had the, my girlfriend. And so I had a girlfriend who she was a, a grade older than me when she was like graduated and I was a senior. And I think my mom just started, saw us like hanging out a lot more and was just like, this girl doesn't go to your school. Like, how do you know her? Why are you guys all of a sudden best friends? You know? And she took me to their the pastor's house, and yeah, they like prayed over me for hours. It felt like until like I confessed that I'd, you know, changed or whatever, you know. Uh-huh. And I like you did. I was like, well, maybe this is maybe this is something wrong. Maybe I do have it. You know, I was told that I had like two sides of my personality. Like one side really wants to be this like man. This other side wants to be this woman. And I was like, well, you know, I really love being a woman, but maybe you're right. I mean, maybe that's why I like guys' clothes and this and that. But yeah, that, that's such a revelation. That's uh, really interesting that that's, uh, that's something that a lot of us have experienced. And shit, I didn't even know <laughs> until your story. So thank you very much. So thank you very much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Um, like, it takes a lot of courage for all of you guys to come on here and uh, and you know, relive some of these things, um, and really appreciate it. Um, and I think the people out there uh, involved are going to really appreciate it as well. Um, and I like to ask everybody, you know, at the end of their story, if you know, if you could give some words of wisdom out there, some advice to some folks, or you know, uh, comforting words to folks that are you know afraid to come out, can't come out, aren't ready to come out for fear you know, being exiled from their family, financial reasons, or, you know, even death, you know, some, some places all over the world, people are dying because of their, you know, gayness. Um, what words or com- things would you have to say to them? I think if there's one thing that I had to say to a younger version of myself, or somebody that's in the same shoes that I may have been, whether it's the second grade year old Mike, who just knows that you're another, whether it's the eighth grade year old one that is starting to find that there's another identity that's in conflict, um, or whether it's the 25 year old one who's like, I'm tired of this. <laughs> when does my life become normal? There's no formula for anybody. There's no set date and time when you're supposed to come out. When you come out is going to be when it's the time that's right for you. 
And after you come out, you will be so happy, you will be so free, and you will love yourself. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you being on the show and sharing your story. Thanks.